Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of teratogens found under the obstetric section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 27-year-old woman visits her physician a month before embarking on a safari trip to sub-Saharan Africa with her partner. Her doctor prescribes her doxycycline for malaria prophylaxis, and the patient takes the medication daily as instructed. A month after returning from her trip, the woman discovers that she is pregnant. Her baby is born via vaginal delivery nine months later and is found to have teeth discoloration. Let's continue with an introduction to teratogens. As a general overview, remember that teratogens are agents that can cause abnormal fetal development and birth defects. The effects vary depending on the timing of fetal exposure to the teratogen. When the fetus is exposed between weeks 1 and 3 of gestation, it may cause an all-or-none effect, that is, the embryo either dies or survives without any complications. When it is exposed between weeks 3 and 8 of gestation, this is during the embryonic period, and it is when they are most susceptible due to organogenesis. When the fetus is exposed between week 8 of gestation until birth, there may be an effect on its growth or the function of its organs. Now let's discuss specific teratogens and the effects that they may have on the fetus. Alcohol may cause fetal alcohol syndrome. Cocaine may cause low birth weight, preterm birth, intrauterine growth restriction, and placental abruption. Nicotine may cause low birth weight, preterm labor, placental problems, sudden infant death syndrome, or ADHD. The use of ACE inhibitors, such as lisinopril, may cause renal damage, or renal dysplasia. Alkylating agents, such as cyclophosphamide, may cause the absence of digits, cleft palate, or renal agenesis. Aminoglycosides, such as gentamicin, may cause ototoxicity. Anti-epileptic drugs, such as phenytoin, may cause neural tube defects, cardiac defects, and cleft lip or palate. The use of diethylsilbestrol may cause vaginal clear cell adenocarcinoma, as well as congenital cervical, ovarian, and uterine abnormalities. Folate antagonists such as methotrexate may cause neural tube defects such as meningomyelocele. The use of isotretinoin may cause multiple severe birth defects such as cleft palate, microphthalmia, and congenital heart defects. The use of lithium may cause Epstein's anomaly. Methimazole may cause aplasia cutis congenita. The use of tetracyclines such as doxycycline may cause discolored teeth and inhibited bone growth. Thalidomide may cause limb defects, and warfarin may cause bone deformities, fetal hemorrhage, abortion, and ophthalmologic abnormalities. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to teratogens, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 26-year-old G1P0 woman in her first trimester is brought to the emergency room by her spouse for persistently erratic behavior. Her spouse reports that she has been sleeping less than one hour a night and it sometimes seems like she's talking to herself. She has maxed out their credit cards on baby clothes. The patient's spouse reports that this has been going on for over a month. Since first seeing a physician, she has been prescribed multiple first and second generation antipsychotics, but the patient's spouse reports that her behavior has failed to improve. Upon examination, the patient is speaking rapidly and occasionally gets up to pace the room. 
She reports she is doing amazing and that she is so excited for the baby to get here because I'm going to be the best mom. She denies illicit drug use, audiovisual hallucinations, or suicidal ideation. The attending psychiatrist prescribes a medication the patient has not yet tried to treat the patient's psychiatric condition. In terms of this new medication, which of the following is the unborn fetus most likely at increased risk for? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder Choice 2. Caudal Regression Syndrome Choice 3. Ototoxicity Choice 4. Renal Defects or Choice 5. Right Ventricular Atrialization The best answer to this question is... Choice 5. Right Ventricular Atrialization the patient is presenting with symptoms suggestive of bipolar 1 that has not been effectively managed by antiepileptics or antipsychotics, leading to the prescription of lithium, which has an increased risk for right ventricular atrialization in fetuses when administered early in pregnancy. In a pregnant patient, haloperidol is first line, and second-generation antipsychotics such as risperidone, quetiapine, and olanzapine can be used as alternatives. For refractory patients, lithium is recommended. Lithium, however, can pass through the placenta and is associated with an increased risk of cardiac malformations, such as Epstein's anomaly. Epstein anomaly is characterized by right ventricle atrialization, such that leaflets of the tricuspid valve are displaced towards the apex of the right ventricle. This may result in cyanosis, arrhythmias, and poor cardiac outflow. Although lithium is generally regarded as teratogenic due to increased risks of cardiac defects, many experts consider the absolute risk small, with the benefits outweighing the risks. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, may be associated with the use of nicotine during pregnancy. Infants are also at risk for premature delivery, low birth weight, and intrauterine growth retardation. Choice 2. Caudal regression syndrome is associated with maternal diabetes. The syndrome consists of sirenomelia, renal dysplasia or aplasia, and an imperforate anus. Choice 3. Ototoxicity or cranial nerve 8 toxicity is a risk following the use of aminoglycosides, such as in utero streptomycin exposure. Choice 4. Infants are at a higher risk of renal defects with in utero exposure to angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, alkylating agents such as cyclophosphamide and valproate. Valproate can be used as a psychotropic medication to treat bipolar 1, but is a higher teratogenic risk than lithium, carbamazepine, and other antipsychotics and antiepileptics. Thus, it would not likely have been used prior to a trial of lithium. Finally, a bullet summary. In utero exposure to lithium increases an infant's risk of Epstein anomaly, characterized by right ventricular atrialization. That's all for this review about teratogens. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, We'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.